0: <clears throat> Welcome to the show, we're so glad you're here, now let's have some fun uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Back one more time! Hello! Because apparently I can't get sick of me No, but so. you can get sick of you You're. That's, you know. that's true, I think I'm allergic to myself you yeah, not feeling so uh, good today, yeah. Either that or I'm allergic to work. I think that may be mm. it, because I was fine before I went to the office today. And now? Now I'm just like, oh.
0: Achy and boogery. I'm going to
1: curl up under a pile of blankets and pretend like I'm dirty laundry.
0: Well, this will be an interesting show, because you're not feeling so hot, and I'm loaded up on caffeine. So let's... Woo! Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how, is, how, is, how, is, how have you been? I've been that's, great. I think it's verbiage I'm going for. How, how have, have you been? been?
0: Gra- I have been great. You know, yeah. uh, I got on our Facebook page and uh, connected with a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. And you did the same thing.
1: I did after much coercion, <laughs> <And> <laughs> admittedly. We,
0: we have a thing here now. We, we, we have an uh, audience. I hope so. I'm talking to this person right here. Uh, uh, right here.
1: Uh, if, uh, if you're new... That's right, Mike. Welcome. You're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a long-time I will tell you all I. my secrets. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. I, I so hopefully hopefully they're all listening and hopefully they'll like it and of course rate and review us on iTunes. Yes. Or wherever wherever whatever fine podcatcher they're using. Right. For their stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I but I got a very interesting uh a note from a dear friend of ours in Slovenia. Ah. Yeah. Uh, her and her husband, her kids—they're Christian missionaries—and she listened to our podcast. Her name is Christy Patty. Hi, Christy. Uh, Ooh. And uh, she said it was just like having us there at breakfast with them.
1: Oh it, yeah, I think I—I I think I read that. It was great. Somewhere. Yeah. How about that? I was like, what, cool. What are we? What are we
0: talking about here? We—we we got ourselves a show.
1: Well, to be fair, she was listening to episode four. It was mostly just me dominating the conversation. and You going? Uh huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. I know. I, we were, I we get. Were se- in, we get were, were in somebody's
0: breakfast that, so. nook, man. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. But uh this is no, this is great. We're getting a lot of positive yes, feedback yes. and we're so. getting people I hope are listening.
1: Yes. Well, hopefully for our guest this episode. Will help boost that because he's got a sizable social media following. Yeah. So, as was, we talked about in the interview, nice guy. so yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, so, that's but we will get to that. Um,
0: yes. how have you been other
1: than uh, other than sick today? Yeah, to be fair, today, the day we're Sorry, recording man. this, I kind of fell ill, hopefully, just for the day. Um, not bad. I've mostly been pondering a lot of stuff lately some of it just trying to figure out as we talked about last time with new year's resolutions and yeah uh as i was listening to the the finished product and yeah. just trying to think about really actually sit there and think about like what do i want to do this year? what do I want this year to look like what are we mm-hmm. you know what am i setting out to achieve and, and yeah. that kind of thing and i came across this really great article that um i'll put it in the show notes i think i shared it on facebook you saw it was um Oh, I'm trying to remember who it was now. It was on the BBC, for the BBC audio drama. Like, this guy was getting an award. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Actor was getting an award. And he was talking about, was it John Hurt? I can't remember. But they were talking about the importance of radio drama.
2: Yeah. Oh, that. And and
1: supporting an art that, you know, we don't want to forget the ability to do these things. And the truth is, when I go back to, like, my college days, which weren't that long ago. Mm Mm-mm that's the kind of stuff i wanted to do and i mean that's that was my capstone to graduate that was yeah. like i had plans yeah grand plans to to kind of preserve help pre- do my bit to help preserve that art form right but what happened uh, you know i think i tried on camera i fell it fell into the seduction of on-camera work and oh i think rude, if i can find a way to rude, balance yeah. well a little bit i think i i had Applied for grad school my last year in university. Like I tried to get in audition. Mm-hmm. I should say I auditioned for grad school. I see. Uh, as a theater major, you know, you you don't get to, you don't, normal, you don't apply like a normal person. You actually have to go and audition, which is still one of the most nerve-wracking things I ever do. Yeah. I um, didn't get in anywhere, and that's okay, you know. Uh, my professor had warned me off of going. Originally, and he didn't say why specifically at the time.
3: Hmm.
1: When when I came back, we had a discussion about it, and I was like, okay. And and he he had mentioned to me explicitly. He's like, well, you are of an age and a particular type. Huh. He just did not want to say that I'm old and fat. Oh, that's terrible. Well, no, no, it was no, it's fine. That's the thing. He was trying to be positive about the fact because oh, sure. I was older than most of the people I was graduating with. I see, okay. like fifteen years older than most of the people I was right. graduating but with. Still. So. But I mean, but I was of a type where film and TV work would work better. Mm. Because as a, as like, I mean, I'm a big guy. I don't deny that. I'm not terribly, I'm not as agile as I used to be. Um, that's my own fault for letting my exercise regimen go to crap. I um, but, and so I, I kind of took that to heart because moving to LA was something I'd always thought about doing anyway
3: yeah.
1: as well. But yeah. the, and I was, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of finding the balance. I figured, well, if I can get the on camera work, and have the money and the funds, I can turn around and turn it into something where I can do yeah. the radio drama work I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, But as, as the years have gone by <laughs> and I've gotten older, I realized maybe I don't want to wait, you know? <laughs> so, right, right. And it's kind of, and it's that whole sort of just start from where you are sort of thing. Like I feel like I want to be in LA yeah, because they do have some existing radio theater companies that I could get involved with. Right LA Theater Works Is a big program For that stuff Yeah um, But they use A lot of name actors And stuff So I mean it's right. That's that's a lot harder And then there's the uh, There's the Golden Age Radio Theater mm. um, That's run by The Scientologists Because mm. they basically Do all of L. Ron Hubbard's Pulp Fiction Right Stories written Into scripts uh, Most of them, Not They weren't They aren't all written By him But pretty much Yeah um, and they get name actors to come in and not necessarily, you know, they're not all Scientologists. They actually get name people to come in and perform and mm. stuff too. And that's cool. Right. I think um, I'm skittish enough. <laughs> I don't think so. Mm. Mm. Um, whatever you want to believe is your business, not my problem. Sure. Um, sure. So I think that uh, I just need to find that other road and push my way in sure. somewhere, yeah. I think. Yeah. And. I came close. Like my capstone work was some of the most fun I ever had. I I wish I could get paid for it. It's like, eh. I just need to find material. That's the real trick is finding material because I can write some things, but I don't have like a hundred. I don't have like a hundred of hundreds of stories to. Well,
0: maybe somebody out there has a script that they want us to do a radio drama to. Mm?
1: Well, and that's, and that's the kind of thing I was thinking about. Like, um, the guys over at the incomparable, you know, that's the, one of the podcast networks I listen to yeah. a number of their shows and they have what they call the incomparable radio theater now. So they have like, they perform stuff on a pretty regular basis, mm. but one of their regular contributors is also a, a writer, like a screenwriter and stuff. So he's actually churning out work for them to do. Right. Which is fine, you know, and that, that's great. Um, there's like the Atlanta radio theater company in, of all places, Atlanta. Shocker. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed. I know. Right. Um, yeah stuff like that. And like, I'm on their mailing lists and things. I'm trying to, I've been thinking about figuring out how to reach out and start a conversation about that. So like, okay, so you guys got started cause they've been around for a couple of decades. So, um, but they do, they regularly perform live at, at conventions and stuff in the South. Yeah. at like yeah. sci-fi conventions and things all over the place. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. And, yeah. um, and I've done some of that occasionally as yeah. well. it's, sure. Finding – it's it's being able to build a company. Right. That's the real case. But my, my goal was always a virtual – at the time was a virtual radio theater company, like something that just lives on the internet. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have to be live. So we can use yeah. Skype and we can use Zencaster and things yeah. live where we can do that and play off each other and really get, yeah. get better. Yes. Get, especially because now the technology is at a point where we can do that. Right. Uh, affordably. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say on the cheap. I'm going to say affordably. Right, um, it's not going to so, break
0: the bank. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah. what am I doing? I
1: waste. As long, long as so I'm much. judicious, as long as I'm judicious with what I'm doing, yeah. My right. and my hope would be to get something that would actually pay people and sure, because obviously you want to recomp- you want to compensate your fellow artists for their time. Of course. Uh, so we'll see. You know, um, I hope that will come of something. I, I just need to. We got to work at it. Yeah, get it going. It's we're, true. Already
0: gra- we're already off to a great start this year.
1: This is true, right? This is true, and so I'm and then like leaving, I, like I said last episode, I've got another podcast I'm developing. What's it uh, called? Thinking, what is it? It, it is. What are you going to tell Us? Quit <laughs> 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 turning around with us. Our motion. I just need to. I need to remember if I actually registered the domain first. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You're just <laughs> okay. playing with us all now. Because I no, I'm pretty sure I registered it. I just can't remember. <laughs> Will you, will you get it together, man? Will you, I know. Can I know. you just? I, I have you're a lot coming of names unglued. What's <laughs> happening? I did get it. I did get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, no, good, I get it. So good, that's good. Um, no. I will. Well, when you're ready, you'll tell us all. Yeah. Um, I gotta get so <laughs> need to actually have the time to sit down and and build the website and hmm. actually email people and go, hey, you want to be on this? But if you're a Brian, you also want to be on this. Maybe you want to yeah, do both. So we right, can figure it out. Right. We can schedule those things um sure. so yeah we'll see what happens with that but we're yeah all, we're all just having fun here anyway that's it's, that's kind of if, yeah. if like i had an old, old uh band director in college my first time in college mm. eons ago mm. but her big thing was if you're not having fun you're not doing it right no so no,
0: no. life's too short man
1: <laughs> indeed um, but yeah, I may have to, the, the rate I'm going, I may have to start a production company before the year's over. It's getting Do a little it. crowded. Do it. Um, I got that name lined up too. So like, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, I had to think about that one. So was, well, I've got a few different options for that. So I, including names I've already, I have sizable pile of domain names that I've registered that I've never used. Hmm. Uh, cause I had ideas tied to them. So, and I just haven't moved on it, but. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Enough of my my michigas I as so. as the as as they say. Shall we get to the news? Let's do it. All right. Brian's in the news. All okay. right. So I I guess I'll go first. Why not? Um this is coming out of Hollywood out of the Hollywood reporter. Yes. Uh, producer, you know, uh, producer Brian Grazer. Yes, yes. And Ron Howard, who yes. run Imagine Entertainment. Ooh. Uh, they are getting ready. They're finalizing a deal. They're actually, Imagine Entertainment is going to be leaving Universal mm. to go set up projects in another studio. They've been with Universal for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I guess what happened was they, they've they had a, produ- a, a producing deal, basically, with Universal for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, back to, dates back to like 86. Mm-hmm. The, the deal they had was renewed back in like 2010, but it was actually downgraded to a first look deal instead of a full production thing. And so and universal has actually already declared their intention not to renew the deal at the end of the year. Mm. So they've been, so imagine has been kind of scrambling trying to find some new way to do it. So I think it sounds like they might end up at Fox. Hmm. Um, because they, they're, they produce Empire, Mm. which, you know, one of the biggest shows on TV right now. Yeah. Good show too. Which they, they already had a separate TV deal anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, Sony is the studio behind, um, they're doing the next Robert Langdon movie. Yeah. It's coming out in the fall. Yeah. So I, I think they're doing okay. Like the last film they released through Universal was that, um, racing movie Rush.
3: Oh,
0: in yeah.
1: 2013, yeah, the Formula One movie, yeah. I think, but that. then apparently the the Heart of the Sea wasn't really didn't really oh. his most recent movie didn't go so well, mm. which is and that was the movie that was the inspiration for Moby Dick. Apparently, is like based on an actual true story. I'm not surprised, like that, and like the Finest Hours just came out a couple weekends ago, and that didn't do so hot at the box office. I think people, I think a lot of people in this country not big on nautical themed disaster movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, i think ever since the perfect storm it's like well nothing can compare now yeah you know, like all right whatever yeah so yeah no so good for them though i mean good at least they're them. keeping things going and right moving on you got you got a news story i do
0: mine comes out of the huffington post and our friends from our friends over in the uk Woo. and this is headline Professor Brian Cox picks Carl Sagan to represent humans to intelligent alien civilization. Okay. Wow,
1: I'm not sure how to feel about that. Well, I'll but, tell you. Okay. Well, I could just read the whole article. It's just a couple couple. Well, paragraphs. just give us the high give
0: the highlights. Uh, yeah. let's see. Uh, Professor Brian Cox picked his top choice to represent the human race to an intelligent alien civilization. In an interview with The Guardian, he said, I would have chosen Carl Sagan,
1: but I can't now. That is true. Yeah. That's why I wonder, I was like, why is he picking a dead guy to communicate yeah. with? Them? Yeah. Oh, I love this. Out of, out of the billions and yeah. billions of people on this planet who aren't
0: dead. Right. If and when we do meet our extraterrestrial friends, the first introduction probably won't be an easy one. You think?
1: Yeah, it might be a little awkward. I probably would uh, scream. Maybe pass I out. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, Going to go all E.T., drop out some Reese's Pieces to draw them into the closet and hide with the stuffed animals. Mmm, Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then at the end of the article, it says, "Who would you pick for the job?" Well, not me. I I would yeah. soil myself. I'm sure.
1: Well, and I will admit, Brian Cox <gasps> is on a, on our list of guests. Is he potential guests? Of course. Excellent. So if anyone out there knows him or knows somebody who knows him who wants to let's get him get him on this podcast, we'll figure out the time difference. I will skip work that day. I'll do whatever I got to do to sit down with that guy. We will do it. That would be fun hmm. for sure. Hmm. Okay, and let's do we'll do one more story. Okay. This will be good. This is coming out of the Air Force Times. Excellent. Out of your out of your old neck of the woods. Yeah. So, we've got um this is interesting Brigadier General Brian Kelly. Wait, wait. Let me give you some music. No, <laughs> no. Mhm. you read while I No. Brigadier General Brian Kelly, Director of Military Force Management Policy. I don't know. All right. Um, He just got selected for promotion. Sweet. To Major General. So he's getting his second star for those who aren't familiar with military ranks.
0: You know how I remembered all the generals? Uh, Uh, Not really. Uh, uh, Be my little general. Brigadier Major (laughs) Lieutenant (laughs)
1: General. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that's, well, apparently General Kelly has – I mean, he's been in his post for a couple of years. They're saying he'll stay there right now. But he's been helping to deal with – they did a whole bunch of drawdown cuts in 2014. Mm. And he's been helping to uh, – kind of spearheading the effort to recruit uh, airmen and, and people into new roles, like areas that will fit kind of the new century and yeah. – You know, cyber operations, intelligence, things like you know, reconnaissance, yeah, that sort of stuff. Like he's even, they've even been bringing back people who left the Air Force, yeah, and decided you know they managed to talk them come back, come back and work again.
0: Or there's this whole new angle now of you know warfare, and that is, I mean, this just came out recently, really, is the cyber cyber warfare.
1: But you know, I would like to point out as an extra as an extra bonus in that. There's a list of about 30 people on there. He is not the only Brian who got a promotion. Really? To Major General. Do yeah. Can... Yes. Brigadier General Brian K- Killow. I hope I hope I pronounce that correctly. Otherwise, you might hunt me down. Mm-hmm. He's the Deputy Chief of the Office of Security Cooperation, Iraq, at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Oh. But apparently, he also got tapped for a promotion. So, oh, okay. congratulations to them and uh Semper Fi? No, wait, that's the Marines. No, that's um, the Marines. Yeah. Uh, be all that. No. No, that's um, the Army. Aim, high. aim Keep high. aiming high. There you go. Keep aiming high. There you we did. go. You did it. Aim all high. right. Whew. Whew. Okay. Goodness. All right. So that's. Yay. Brian's in the news. Yeah. Hmm.
0: We do, But we do have an obituary, though. We always have.
1: One. What? No. Oh, I was hoping to get away without it. Okay. Just one. <laughs> Let's just do one. I'm glad it's you this time and not me. It makes me look. <laughs> Makes right. me sound like the Grim Reaper. Right. All right, okay. Who who is the obituary? Well, out
0: of Sweet. WWE news, we have Brian Axel Rotten Knighton, former ECW superstar, dies at the age of forty-four. Hmm, that's terrible.
1: How many contusions and brain damage? How much brain damage did he have? Well,
0: this comes out let's of see. Uh, let's see, the Bleacher Report. Okay, and this is. Uh, Former professional wrestler, wrestler Brian Knighton, who is recognized for his work as Axel Rotten in ECW during the nineteen nineties, died Thursday of
1: unknown causes. Oh,
3: hmm.
0: he was forty-four.
1: That that happens a lot to ex wrestlers. I don't know. Yeah, like that in football players, but they—I mean—they put their bodies through so much punishment. They do. And I I wonder sometimes if they really get. The fair shake they deserve. Well, here's something interesting. Treatment-wise, I don't know. Here's something I mean, interesting.
0: In 2015, it says Knighton was the subject of a documentary, in which he revealed injuries from the ring confined uh, that confined him to a wheelchair. He spoke openly about his damage, okay. about the damage his hardcore career inflicted, and said he would need spinal surgery to walk again.
1: Hmm. Yeah. See, there's a lot of that. Right. From from especially from pro wrestlers. Right uh, over the over the years, well, so, and, I mean, that's, a lot of people. That's think unfortunate. It's
0: f- and the thing is, is, a lot of people think it's fake, and for the most part, it's scripted.
1: We all know that. Well, it's it's you know, staged. It's staged, but, but they're really hitting very each physi- other. Yeah, it's still very physical, yeah, and it's still yeah. very punishing, and I feel like those guys really don't make as much as we think they do, no. and nor do they, nor nor do they probably have the insurance benefits that they should. Right.
0: Well, they work really hard uh, outside the ring too. It takes a lot to.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you got to work stay out all the time, fit. and you you know, if you get lucky with, um, you, you get people like The Rock or Roddy Piper, people who can get out of that, right, and go into something, but keep that name recognition, right? You know, especially for those two, especially acting, kind of became their thing, right? Oh, I should say more, more acting, not just what they did in the ring, right? right. Yeah, but. Uh, to be able to do that, I think that that's a big help. Yeah. To kind of, especially when you're young, if you can mean, get out, get in, make your fame, get out while right, you're young and right. and relatively unharmed. Right. But forty-four. Then,
0: wow. That's that's too early. Yeah. Too. Yeah, soon. That's unfortunate. Too. Soon. Um, well, our thoughts are in Well,
1: that means, now. yeah, that means he was probably then he then he was in his twenties when he was wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm, goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. It happens. <sighs> Way to bring down the room.
0: Sorry, man. Yeah. Axel Rotten, we miss you already. Uh, I
1: I I never really watched wrestling. So well, he, it says
0: here he left the company in 1999. Yeah. So he's been out. He's been out of wrestling for 16 years.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's got to deal with all the physical damage, right? And exactly. Takes toll, exactly. So. Uh, he's uh, he
0: was he was doing it for six years. Um. Oh, it said that he continued to compete on the independent circuit throughout the two thousands, notably yeah. with extreme pro wrestling.
1: That's probably more what that may be more what caused the damage, yeah. I would guess. Because I, I gotta yeah. imagine they're not as Right. they're not as strictly they're not as careful. Right. Um as I think the WWE is with their people. Right. Well I wonder so what documentary he was in.
0: Wait, let me look I'm gonna click on this link. Oh it's called uh Well oh, there. He, it's called uh Extreme Injuries hardcore recovery axel rotten documentary
1: hmm interesting and it's
0: on it actually is on youtube
1: there have been a few there have been a few documentaries we'll save the link we'll put it in the show notes okay um people can check it out yeah interesting for sure for sure okay and now now that we're really sad and depressed Hmm. let's roll into our interview yay yay um, this interview was uh, recorded just last week. Um, our guest this week is this episode is Brian Hazard. Mm-hmm. And he is an EDM composer, electronic dance music, or extremely talented That's electronica, smart. trance. We actually get into the whole idea yeah. of the different subgenres and, yeah. Yeah. and things. It was a great conversation about music as yeah, a whole. Sure was. I mean, this is a guy who's been shockingly to me, making his living as just as a musician for 25 years. Yeah. And he's getting ready. He's working on his ninth full-length album. Yep. And stuff like that. Like, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> like, but we, oh, gotta, hey, but okay. we got
0: to see his studio. That was cool. Yes.
1: He was recording. He, he was online from his studio that's in his house. Yeah. Because um, he just works from home, which is convenient. hmm You know, but he, and he's a father and, you know, mm-hmm. so he's got all that stuff. And so we chatted about that as well. And I think it's a very interesting conversation so i thought so too cool awesome well check out the interview that we have with brian hazard and we will catch you on the other side Um, Brian Hazard, thank you so much for joining us on the Brian Trust. Thank you, uh, Brian. This is Brian. Brian, this is Brian. Hello. <laughs> you have the benefit of being the first guest on the show that neither of us have ever met before. So this is brand new for this brand new territory for the show for episode five. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we don't know a ton of people. Uh, uncharted no territory <laughs> yeah. for this podcast yeah well no i mean we know you know scheduling things sometimes it, it always gets to be a challenge but we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule
2: sure my of, pleasure and uh, this is a first DJ for me too. fatherhood
1: etc so,
2: yeah. yeah no i've never been interviewed by two bryans before so well there you go yeah. see
1: that's new for me that was the whole that was the whole point of the podcast it's a lot of firsts right now so it's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. very overwhelming so I wanted to ask you, so you are a, a composer, uh, and a DJ specifically, usually like EDM, I think is your, your big thing right now. Correct. Is that,
2: yeah, I wouldn't, I don't consider myself a DJ. Okay. So, okay. I, well, and, and in the, the way that you and I probably think of DJs, I, de- I definitely have never done that. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't perform. I don't leave the house in any capacity as a recording artist. I'm not. am not agoraphobic, mind you, but I, I just, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't perform, or you know, I'm not. Uh,
1: so you're a session musician, basically. You're a session DJ,
2: <laughs> kind of. Yeah, making my yeah. own music.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No. All right. Cool. Right on. So I, I, I'm curious as to curious about your own journey, like how you got started with that. Um, I know from your website, you, you studied piano, right? Um, and where did you study? Where did you study piano?
2: Well, I started, uh, like in high school, which is pretty late okay. and studied privately and, mm. um, got involved in the high school drum line with a, f- a friend kind of pulling me in. Uh-huh. And then that le- some infamy there led to being yanked into the jazz band cause they needed a pianist. Yep. And, uh, and then, at some point, I decided that's kind of – I really like this music thing. And I went to Cal State Long Beach and studied uh, there for four years to earn a Bachelor of Music degree in piano performance. Nice. Right, which is what you would do if you decided, you know what? I want to be a concert pianist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I did not want to be. Um, so that that training was not perhaps uh, the most specific to what I do now. But it sure. was cool to get better at the piano And, uh, and yeah, so I graduated there, took a songwriting class at a local community college and just started making my first album. Nice. Right on.
1: Cool. So I think my question is to, in, in particular, and, and this may just be my own ignorance, right? Okay. So, for the benefit of both of our audience listeners out there who may not be into it, what the hell is EDM anyway? I, I mean, I I know that's part of your thing. I know you, you did like an eighty synth pop thing, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah, but awesome. what What is EDM? If you can explain it to those of us troglodytes who still listen to things like the Beatles and classic style, classic rock. and
2: Do you remember maybe 10 years ago when you'd always hear about techno and raves? Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is kind of like the next – evolution of that mm. whole thing so okay edm stands for electronic dance music right and it has completely bled over into pop music like i saw on the spotify charts the global charts a week ago justin bieber had slots one two and three and you think justin bieber that's as pop as can be right here's another first for this podcast
0: yeah. Justin Bieber. Right. <laughs> We've never talked Ugh. about Justin
1: Bieber on this podcast. Right, right, right. And we promised we would never speak his name.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's not something that's normally part of my life either. But <laughs> you look at the producers. It's like Skrillex. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean,
2: these are just huge names in electronic dance music, right, and so right. that's that's what it's become. So uh, most of the pop music that's you know dance that you hear on the radio is kind of EDM crossover. And the more yeah. serious stuff is the styles like progressive house, trance, right. um, drum and bass. It even somewhat dubstep, trap. You hear now; those yeah. are all kind of under the EDM umbrella.
1: So those are basically like subsets of of EDM right. as a whole. Like it's a EDM is a genre in particular. And then you've got those different like a subgenres and
2: right, right, right. And before that, they called it intelligent dance music, which was I guess too pretentious. So then they went to electronic dance a little music.
1: bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little. That's a little too pretentious. I think.
2: Well, as opposed to a rave. Yeah, when you're at a rave, it's it was not very intelligent dance music, right? He'd, yeah, he had like a 12 minute track that just had a gradual crescendo over the entire course of it, and then mm-hmm. a dying away. And and so this was right. in contrast to that. Now, okay.
1: with something like um, with something like uh, I guess what do they call it? Ambient. Sure. Would that, does that kind of fit under that umbrella as well? Or, uh, cause I know it's a little slower. It's not really necessarily a dance thing. Or yeah. I wouldn't, an experience, I guess. Yeah.
2: I, w- I would say no. Now I'm not an expert now, believe it or not. Cause right. For some people they're like, okay, no, that is not, that is epic <laughs> trance. That is not melodic trance. You know what okay. I mean? And, and I, I can't do that. I don't.
1: You're, well, you're as close to an expert as we'll probably ever get on this yes. show. So that's okay.
2: <laughs> I will grant you that. So, uh, Ambient, I would say, is a little too far out there. You're right. There's not, you know, usually the okay. beat. It's more about the soundscape yeah, and the atmosphere right. than it is the beat. Interesting. Hmm.
0: Interesting. I just, I immediately thought of Duck Sauce for some reason. You know, <laughs> <Barbara> Streisand.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that's, think that, that has a yeah. very
0: repetitive, elongated kind of uh, dance. You know. Uh, type type melody, music, and then it's interrupted by Barbara Streisand. And then it just it goes right back into that, you know
2: And now it's stuck in my head. Yeah, thank you. You You got it? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Today's earworm.
1: (laughs) Earworms galore. Yay Duck sauce, Barbara Streisand. Now, is, she, wait, is that her sing, or is it? No, it's no, the group that's, is. That's, just that's boy. the okay. that's, that's the only composer. lyrics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I, the only that's lyrics the, that's in the, the whole title song. Of song. Okay. Yeah. Well, here,
2: yeah. I well actually, I was gonna pull it up on another another browser tab, but it, knowing our luck, it'll boot me off. The- <laughs> yeah. Don't break anything. That's all
1: right. We'll, <laughs> we'll put a don't. link in the show notes we'll for find the YouTube it. Yeah, video. We'll yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. That'd be fine.
0: If you want to check it out, yeah,
1: of course. So what? Have to. You must. Let me ask you what. Now you do this professionally, correct? This yes. is like your full-time job is do it is creating this music. So what is it what is it that got you interested what is it that led you kind of to that career path in a way? I mean, what was the, what was it that interested you to say, "Hey, yeah, maybe I can do this professionally?" So was it just that that first album or what was it before that? I mean, did you have something in mind?
2: Well, okay, so as a musician, yeah, it's really hard to make a living doing <laughs> anything in music. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I always frustrated. Frustrated it. musician and actor. So, okay. Right. So, me, you, I know, totally you know, you
2: know, I so, totally get it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have to hustle. You got to put together, you know, uh, an income from whatever sources you can. Mm-hmm. For me, that was teaching piano. Okay. Um, I taught piano for 18 years. I was accompanying at a high school. I, I accompanied for a large choral program. They had about 300 kids and five choirs. So, I was doing that. And so, when that first album came out, uh, I was able to sell out of it really quickly because those high school kids were awesome <laughs> and they supported me. And they, but that wasn't what put it in my mind that I, you know, it was always just um, juggling different musical duties and trying to, to put together, you know, something that, that would work. And I, I had racked up. About forty thousand dollars in credit card debt at that point, just from Mm. with perfect credit, you know, getting that new card, zero percent APR for six months. Oh god, bouncing it to card to card and right. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. um, so it sure wasn't a big moneymaker. And I need to qualify. I do music; that is the entirety of my income. But eighty to ninety percent of that income is working on other people's music.
1: And that's and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, and uh, but but you still. For a lot of us, that's kind of the goal, the dream. Even if it's work, you know, even though you're doing uh, commission work for other people, yeah. essentially, you're still that is your primary primary driver of income. So that's right. that's great. You know, right? I think you that's quit your day
2: job or whatever is the is the goal, well, right? And I don't I don't yeah. have a day. I haven't had a day job since I was a bank teller uh, in 1990. But yeah, wow. Okay,
1: nice. That's ooh,
2: ooh twenty five years. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty, yeah, that's you it. Twenty-five
1: 20. years, yeah, yep. it's it. a long time.
2: Well done, well done. I actually really liked working at the bank. It was pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, it's flexible hours. You, gotta you meet a lot more people than you do, you know, in in your family room, and
1: you get a lot of days off. <laughs> you take every holiday under the sun. Yeah, right. Um, that's very nice. I used to work for a bank too. That's right. but not as a teller. We worked on the other side, so we only got the big six holidays off. Okay. So we used to be jealous of all the tellers. And the tellers were like, well, no, that comes out of our vacation time. Like, oh, Oh. (laughs) I did the
2: teller thing. And then I I had this weird job where I spent a month. I would just come in dressed in street clothes and go up into the attic where there's this huge room full of their files. And, you know, like certain things you need to hold them for three years, some seven years, some forever. And so – I just went through that stuff and that was, that was pretty crazy.
1: Oh, records purging. And it's yes. I've done that a number of times for various companies. Right. So if I, know I didn't
2: have one. allergies, that would have been my dream job right there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, but I do. That's not bad stuff. Um, so let me ask you then. So with, with the work you do for other people, it, do you find that that's, is it all kind of within that realm of EDM or is it all sorts of, all sorts of different composing? Is it,
2: it's, it's everything. I mean, I, I don't want to sound purposely vague. I, I would say it's three quarters uh, in the general realm between synth pop and EDM. I mean, you know, in that in that range, but so most of it is mastering. I don't know if you know what mastering is, but it's you know that's people their albums done. Uh, they get all the tracks to me. I I make it sound like a record. All yeah. the tracks are the same volume. They've they sound like they belong together as a set. Um, so that that's most – or it can just be an individual track. These days, that's more and more the case. Get a track done, it's going to go right on Spotify. You know, No physical release, no nothing. So they just want it to sound the best that it can. Um, so that's most of what I do. But I mean sometimes – I mean for example, uh, one job I just finished was working with a songwriter who – really has very little, uh, musical vocabulary and taking his ideas for the song that he wrote, which was just a piano demo recorded without a click and a singer just kind of improvising there. There wasn't even a strict meter and turning that into a song. So I, I mean, it basically sounds like one of my songs in that I recorded the vocals and all the production and everything. And just, you know, and it's, it's not, I just do that on an hourly basis and, um, you know, stuff like that can be really fun and rewarding. And it's, so close to doing my own stuff that you know it's Mm. i don't know it's just like doing your own thing and getting paid so yeah yeah
1: Yeah. of course of course so do you do um do you do commercial no (laughs) well like commercial jingles you know go all charlie sheen and two and a half men and you got like that one breakfast cereal jingle it's like yes i've got it made
2: no you (laughs) know what i need to do honestly um A lot of people, you know, a lot, a lot of musicians are hoping to get their songs on TV commercials, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And the reality is that the vast majority of songs we write don't work because the lyrics tend to be too specific or they would conflict with what's on screen. If you're going to write an interesting lyric, it's going to have some concrete imagery. Uh, And, you know, even if you have somebody's name, as soon as you say that name, and it's different than what's going on on the screen.
3: Right, it's yeah. not a
2: good fit. And so, what I'm going to do, uh, my big project here, is for my next album, I'm going to start with some instrumental ideas. And there's kind of a, a formula, like to make a two-minute track where it maybe you've got eight bars really sparse, and then it kind of builds up to a climax and backs off. Those can, you know, just little instrumental bits can be used now to pitch for. Like I have a couple of publishers. That are pitching my stuff, which is very noble considering how specific my lyrics are and how, you know, it's, right. yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited when they're able to do anything with right, it. Right. But, uh, if I use those ideas, you know, those little two minute builds, give that to them. I'm hoping I can actually get some more syncs they're, You refer to them as syncs, right? Cause it's synced with a, you know, with picture. Sure. Uh, and then the best of those I can develop into songs. So the idea is that they would serve double duty, hmm.
1: right? So you have the so you have the sync for wherever it's appearing on TV, but then I can time up with and then they can say until they get the get the full song here or whatever they can.
2: Well, or even even if
1: for you, you can say this was featured, as, you know, as featured in whatever this
2: was, you know, right, that right, right. Was. yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, honestly, that historically doesn't help much. Like I had some songs mm. on the Real World and uh, Styled, mm-hmm. which was another. MTV show. And I think for one of them, it was a feature performance. So they even put the name of the song and the artist on the screen. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh yeah.
2: And that, that actually did not do anything that I could tell. I didn't get an email or, you know, (laughs) anything. Um, but yeah, so, well, even if so, so those ideas, I guess those instrumental ideas would stand alone and then, you know, should I develop it into a song? Probably the, the end result will end up sounding completely different. Uh, all right, all right. But at least, you know, I've got that stepping stone on the way where now I have a track that has the potential for sync licensing. Whereas if I just write songs, um, I know from experience that it's a hard sell.
1: Sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Can you walk us through like what uh, – how how do you develop
0: a song? For, the, for those of us that aren't talented in that in that arena, walk us through how do you – how do you, what do you, does it start with an idea and then you kind of play with it and then you kind of mold it into the formula of whatever that, you know, whatever you're trying to compose or how does that work? We're, yeah, we're that's, curious. that's
2: kind of the age old question, right? M- music or lyrics first? That, yeah. That's what everybody asks. And, uh, and that changes. Um, for me though, the past few years, I think what's most important is having a sound. That's interesting, and so I I want to start from a production idea. So maybe right. I've got a cool groove, you know. So I'll I'll flesh that out with a, a bass line and just just something musically that's a hook.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Otherwise, what happens is if I if I sit at the piano and I write the song at the piano and then try to take it over and convert it to something, you know, synth pop? Everything ends up sounding like a ballad, and that's mm. I just know from experience. And right. I've had reviewers refer to the albums as a, you know, an album of ballads. And that is not what I want. Mm. And so if I start with a, a strong beat or a beat, then we know it's not going to turn into that. Okay. And so that, that's how I do it. Uh, so let's say I've got that basic, you know, chorus laid out um, instrumentally. It's really easy for me now to get a verse and a chorus. If I got a verse and a chorus – I can make a melody, I can do the lyrics in a day, and then I can have basically the song written. That's the easy part. The next 50 hours is, you know, fleshing out the production, recording all the vocals, editing down the vocals. You know, I'm not the most amazing singer in the world. I mean, I'll have a bad day and just throw that out between the allergies and the asthma and just the, I guess, probably poor vocal technique.
1: Uh. Um well, remember, remember your degree is in piano performance. Exactly, <laughs> not, not singing. Defense, yeah.
2: uh, and so that's why I'm lucky that I can work the way I do. You know, it's at home. If I'm feeling it one day, great. I just There's the mic. I mean, you can almost see it from where – yeah. Just right over my shoulder, hop over there, sing a few takes. If it's not happening, move on to doing whatever else I, I need to do.
3: Okay.
2: Um, yeah. So, But that that's the real grunt work of it. Um, the, the writing the song part for me – tends to be the easiest part. And of course, I get all sorts of collaboration requests and, you know, everybody's got a song and can you just, you know, you just do the music and it's like, you don't understand. That's <laughs> 95% of the work, you know, why? Yeah. And I don't like, your, and that's, and by the way, I mean, nine times out of 10, that's not a song, that's a poem, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're giving me the thing, here, <laughs> check out my lyrics. Those aren't lyrics. They don't rhyme. There's no meter. <laughs> right. right, We call Absolutely. that a poem, <laughs> Right. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just that production stuff is, uh, is a whole lot mm-hmm. of work.
1: Now, when you are constructing an album, how many albums have you done so far? Like full – I mean, does it – I mean, do they vary in length or –
2: yeah, it, that used of, to be a real straightforward question, right? Because yeah. the album was always the unit and uh, and you would put it on an album and nothing would come out till the next one. Right, and
1: in this day and age with Spotify and everybody's so focused on individual – Right. More individual tracks and things. I was curious about that in terms of – Now, do you tend to focus on tracks and then build an album out of what you have or do you actually build an album with the intention of having tracks that kind of link together in a theme or um. – Some sort, and not all of them necessarily, but you might have some little like mini themes that they all kind of relate to each other in some way when you're building a full album.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at something like Katy Perry or something, an album is just 15 singles. There's no theme, there's no, there's different producers. They, you know, Uh, I think the wise way to do it is to release a track at a time. And then when you get enough good tracks, bundle them together somehow. Uh, But I have not done that. Um, so I have 20 releases and so none of those are singles. Uh, this coming up will be my ninth full length album. Okay. The other releases are, I've got like a two CD thing of rarities. I didn't call it CD because it's so old. It was a CD, (laughs) uh, you know, different, um, I have two other rarities collections with covers and stuff and two albums of remixes and, So, and then EPs, um, so it's changing for me, but, uh, up until recently it's been traditional. So this last one, I just released an EP in November and that EP has five original tracks and then five remixes, one of each of those original tracks. Mm. Uh, and that is the third EP in that format. So I have adjustments part one, two, and three. And what's happening now for the full length is I'm taking the best original tracks from the three EPs, putting them together, and then that's the album. It turns out it's not quite that simple because I put them together and they don't really quite work together as much as I would have thought. And so I'm back in the mixes, making little tweaks, doing stuff. So, because, you know, I want it to sound polished. Um, and so that, but I mean,
1: that's kind of your goal for the full length album, if it's called adjustments in large, you know, right. <laughs> economy size adjustments or whatever exactly. you want to call it. <laughs> um, but that idea is that hopefully those tracks kind of flow in a way when you're listening to the whole thing. Right. So that even though, even if even though there may be breaks in between individual tracks, it's still like the general feel of it all kind of flows mm-hmm. exactly. in a particular direction.
2: Right. So I, okay. I, I'm hoping this is going to be seen as my best album as a unit and not the Katy Perry singles collection, which will sell much better. <laughs> sure. sure.
1: Well, and I mean, if you, if you think about it, like, um, cause I know Adele, uh, you know, but, uh, well, I mean like her albums seem to have very thematic ties in a way, in the way, in the way those songs are written to those particular album. Cause each, I mean, each one is named for a particular age that she was at. I think it sounds like right, and kind of all the songs are kind of grouped around whatever she was experiencing since the since the last album. Yeah, but they're all they're all kind of tied together in that way. They may stylistically sound different, but they all have that kind of running theme to them. Um, well, let me ask you for this then: for you, with your work, when you're writing a song, how much does do events that affect you kind of Work into that. Do you find? Do you find it does often, or you kind of just keep it at arm's length? Like, it's, say you just having just really crappy, you know, stressful part of your life. I don't know, but it's. But I mean, do you do you find that that kind of that that affects your music for that time? Like, do you go back and listen to older stuff and go, "Wow, I must have been feeling like a dick that year." Yeah, you know, you know that kind of thing.
2: Yes, because I, I know what the songs refer to, but mm-hmm. I do. I'm kind of private in that respect. Like I don't. Sure.
1: No, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm not asking you to divulge. No, 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 I'm not not,
2: not saying saying for you guys. I'm not, I'm just saying when I write the song, it's not like the, remember the Alanis Morissette thing was where that cold confessional.
1: Yes. Oh yeah.
2: Right. Came about. And it was like, it was like watching the office, right? It was like a painful, like you don't want to hear her saying that like you're embarrassed for her kind of thing because of the level of, um, you know, of emotional expression, if you will, it was just, um, you know, it's just TMI. So yeah, yeah.
3: No, um,
2: so I I don't write songs like that, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, writing fiction. I yeah. mean the, these these ideas come from you know real and you're, feelings. You're, and you're not a robot, so I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah. come from real experiences in my life, but then I don't go writing the blog post detailing how you know this happened and uh sure the blow by blow just honestly that i mean you know talking about marketing and stuff i mean that that's a lot stronger place to come from if you're willing to lay yourself completely on the line and just eliminate that emotional distance between yourself and your audience i mean that's that's really powerful and i respond to that with other artists i just have not personally been willing to uh make that leap for sure. better or worse.
1: Well, no, and that's and that's a well. Obviously, it hasn't hurt you that much. I mean, so <laughs> to take that approach, so and that's okay. And when that's when I talk about like, like Adele, like she's, I think that's what I think a lot of people connect it to because it is so open, right? Yeah, about that stuff, and and good for her. You know, it's like I don't know that I would probably be more in your vein of like the emotional stuff will probably slip in there, but I'm not going to sit there and go, this is about Debbie who wronged me in the 10th grade. Exactly. You know, that exactly. kind of thing. Um, Wow. Her name wasn't Debbie. I promise. No, uh, no it was, it
2: was. Um,
1: <laughs> We're learning a lot about Brian today. I know. Well, that's the part of, that's the whole thing of the show, isn't it? Right. Um, which one of us though? Ah, you can't tell us apart. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's audio they'll never know um okay let me see here. Do you have a big fan
0: base do you find that you have a lot of uh you have a lot of fan mail or meetups or do you have uh people you keep in touch with uh that sort of thing
2: i would say okay so i've got two million followers on twitter and that would awesome. be which I'd is great. That's pretty good yeah 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 but they're not that's not my fan base i mean no, no. to be honest but you still, know that that's yeah. not the fan base well, and to be fair, you're following a million and a half people. Right, so. right, right. Well, right. And that's how that whole thing works, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: shoot. Well, why not?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, right, team follow back and all that stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I leave that to my social media manager. But, I mean, to some degree, that's kind of how the game is played. And you, you see that on, on a lot of, you know. Big side. Yeah, the,
1: the fact that you have a manager is, says a lot, though. Well, just yeah, the social, you know.
2: just the social media end of things. Well, sure. no, that's
1: what I mean. Yeah, but I mean the fact that you have a social media manager, right, right, right. specifically is interesting in that way because it's like, yeah. uh, you know, that's probably you're probably there's another first. You're probably the first person I know who actually has <laughs> that large of a following. Yeah, that they would need a social media manager to deal right. with that stuff. I don't know. I mean, and you seem relatively engaged though, still. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that's no, my that's obviously kind of my main social network.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I have exponentially more followers there because that's all I focused on. And twice a week I go in and a deep dive and respond to everything, wow. and that takes a few hours. And so,
1: <sighs> yeah, I was glancing through your feed and all the stuff you apparently did yesterday. <laughs> there was yes. so many wow. responses. I'm like, oh my god!
2: And I wow. have, you know, I have some. Key- I'll be honest, I've got keyboard shortcuts for a lot of it. You know what I mean? Sure. It's a lot of sure. the same. Yeah. Yep. can only say thank you so many ways and you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's really powerful. If I, if somebody really likes a song and I can respond to them and thank them and use their name and yeah. you know, um, that they might remember that. Um, yeah. So I, am yeah. happy to do that. I'm, I'm glad to do that. But, yeah. uh, as far as fan fans, I mean, you know, obviously there's different levels and sure. I've got a mailing list service Fanbridge, that is pretty nice. slick. It will divide. It, it actually categorizes fans for you: super fans and casual fans. And the way it does that nice. is, it looks at how often they click on the stuff in your email. Oh, they assume that if yeah. you if you click on everything, you you must care.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So, so that helps. And then, but then, honestly, though, when I put out a new release, and I see the PayPal, you know, receipts coming in. It's the same names. It's the same yeah. hundred fifty yeah. people, maybe that yeah. I know their name. I know the people. They've yeah. been with me for years. I mean, those are the yeah. real fans, and those are That's, the ones that I want to be engaging with on a regular basis, and not yeah. so much the stranger on Twitter that just has a yeah. you know yeah. kind of a wise. Right. Quick.
1: It's all about what they that uh, when they talk about the long tail. Yeah. That idea of creating, like, a thought the goal is kind of creating a thousand true fans right, to actually yeah. buy whatever they're right, right. willing to believe in your stuff and are willing to exactly. you know, invest in your career as well. Yeah, so, right. One of the biggest, to, a, to an extent.
0: Yeah. But one of the biggest things now is that a lot of artists are getting on Periscope and actually talking with their fans one-on-one. And then, I don't know if you're familiar with Periscope, but then the viewers can, you know, tap the screen and send hearts and things and… <laughs> It's actually well, really cool. It's a cool yeah. way to connect with, with well,
1: not your so fans. much one on one as it is one on six million. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know, but I mean that yeah. but you give but you give your yeah.
0: audience or fans a chance to actually write things in and you can respond, you know, in the video instead of sitting there typing and then you can in
1: real time play yeah, music. Yeah, a lot of artists it, yeah. are
0: doing this now where they play like a little, you know, ten minute concert or whatever while their fans are watching and right. it's kind of cool. It's really cool.
2: I haven't done that yet. I've watched you know, I've, I got the app, it's kind of like Snapchat too. I, I got yeah. the app, I learned what it was about. I checked it out and then I got bored. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, for me, I mean, Periscope is kind of neat. If I, if I were the type to kind of get starstruck and again, it's kind of that personal level uh, emotional yeah, connection yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it's awesome for, for making that one-on-one like, you know, uh, and Snapchat too, you know, you get to see people's lives. Yeah. Every day and how they're living it. And you feel that connection. Yeah. Personally, for me, there aren't too many people in the world that I care about enough to, to see that. Sure. Um, so I haven't, I haven't done that and I got kind of bored. Um, but that would be a good, you know, kind of like the, you know, I don't like we talked about, I don't perform. I'm not in any videos. Right. That would be a good kind of next step that I could jump into. um, like, I've even, seen, uh, I've even seen some artists be like, hey, you know what? I just
0: wanted to share something with you. I'm working on something that's not done, but I'm thinking about putting this in the next album, and then they do whatever, and their fans are like, that's awesome, you know, whatever. Right, or, right. You know, and then they get that instant feedback, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's
2: yeah. What I was thinking, too. You know, I, whatever. I'm more inclined to take, you know, to make a little MP3 and stick it in the right. Twitter feed or whatever. Right, Or, or yeah. I actually, you know, with, like I talked about the mailing list thing with a, super fans. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually pulled them specific. I had mentioned that the album is the best three track or the best tracks from the three EPs. Right. I did a little poll that I set up in Google Forms that just asked them to pick the songs because I know that they'd already, they are bought all three EPs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know all three albums then what's the point of asking you, right. They're not going to, right. So, um, you know, so I would be more likely to send them an MP3 and get the feedback. I know it is more anonymous. And uh, on the plus side, you know, they tend to be guys like our age. Um, yeah. And I say guys, it, it is maybe 60% men, the demographic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm really into tech and stuff, but I found that they're not really that quick to adopt things. Like, I tried, uh, at one point, I had an app, an iPhone app. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really go over that well um wow. I don't know, and yeah, so I just I found that a lot of uh marketing techniques that might work for younger people sure. uh, maybe sure. don't translate as well to uh, to my audience yeah. so so getting them to to get on periscope, my guess is that most of them don't have any experience with that and it would be mm. me trying to walk them through and oh, getting right. emails about hey, I installed it, but now this isn't you know
1: well, you right. could always do as an alternative, you could do something like, for example, <laughs> not, not that I'm good at giving this advice, but something like, um, but if you're, if we're talking about live streaming, things like something like Twitch, sure, where it's just yeah. a website where you're broadcasting live for people that way, um, yeah. whether you're, you're whether you're yeah. literally just sitting at a piano and playing for people mm-hmm. live or yeah. kind of discussing your stuff, because uh, they, I mean, they've got a built in chat, they've got all of that sort of Integrated work, then there's no app to go to. They can just go to a website and be like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, you know? yeah, like kind of like they're watching YouTube essentially. Well,
2: you can do it on YouTube yeah. actually. You can live. That's true. Yeah.
1: You can live stream on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're
2: right with Twitch. At least you get the comments. And you know, Dead Dead Mouse is that a name that's new to you, or have you heard of Dead?
1: I I am. I've heard of Dead Mouse in
2: Joel. Yeah. Did I don't know if it's this whole album, but he he's always live streaming when he's <clears> working <throat> in the studio.
1: Yeah. I got it. If I, if I actually know, Oh my God, you know, dead <laughs> mouse. <sort> of like,
2: <gasps> well, yeah. I, nice I thought I just, uh,
1: I'm
2: like, Oh wow. That's well, good. yeah. When I had to define EDM, I was just, I figured <laughs> I'd walk it all the way back. But um, yeah. yeah. So, so people do that and that, that might be kind of cool. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's a little more fun to watch him in the studio because he's got all the knobs and sliders and stuff. Whereas sure. it's me, yeah. it's like a computer and uh, yeah. very minimal Well
1: that's and that's what I'm saying even if you were like if you're sitting at, a, at at a piano keyboard or something yeah. and actually Playing something live for people, or Rad. what have you, depending on what you, to, what mood struck you. Yeah, Sure, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um. And that actually, that's nice because that kind of branches into my other my other question. And since you you focus primarily on eighty synth pop and EDM, and that's all right. Have you ever thought about doing other genres of work, just to explore, like putting out other tra- tracks and other things, like j- Like you were talking about, you had some experience with jazz mm-hmm. back in high school and college, and or moving into more classical stuff, which would have been a natural part of your piano sure. training. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about exploring those things as well, just to kind of expand your, your reach a little bit more?
2: Yeah, um, that that's a great question. And actually I did. Uh, my fifth album is, uh, is closer to chamber music than electronic <laughs> music. So I really, I wanted this cohesive, style that had a very specific sound like i have fretless bass because i was a a huge fan of japan and mick karn i don't know if you well so a very specific sound uh you know piano string quartet vibraphone harp flute
1: oh the vibraphone
2: yeah well that (laughs) That takes me back right from drumline you know obviously yeah that was
1: that was was mine in high school oh okay yeah i did i did the
2: competitions across the state and all that it was pretty yeah so and I actually still had the high school vibraphone wow. in my apartment at the time. Wow. Borrowed for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I did that and it was just an incredible amount of work. I mean, I had to write out all the parts for each string player. And, it, you know, it was – it really gives you a, a feel for what it would be like, say, to orchestrate a film or something. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Whereas what I do now – I mean, when I write a piano part, I sit down and I record it and that's it. I never play it again. I'm done. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what I found was that I should have just released that under a different name because wow. it is it was the worst selling of my albums. Yeah. And yeah. I think – Well, yeah.
1: And even if you do it that way, I mean, it kind of – like if everybody talks about – I mean, in other – forms when you look at like Stephen King who wrote the Bachman books for a while. Right. And he was never, they sold well until somebody figured out they tracked down, they literally tracked down the physical checks that were sent to him and figured out it was Stephen King that was writing them. But I mean, that idea of, or uh, authors who write under pseudonyms so they can try other genres so they can do things without damaging their core base of followers and things. You know, I, I don't know if that, if that was something you had considered or, might revisit at some point to be like, "Eh, you know, I think it'd be really cool to write a whole bunch of, you know, barbershop quartet music, you know, (laughs) just, just something completely out of the blue, just to, to (laughs) shake things up creatively. And
2: I I may do, you know, I would say maybe at some point if I really feel the urge to shake it up, but what, what tends to happen to me is that I see to take an example of, um, say orchestration, like I want to do something like film scoring, uh, what, what I find, you know, because a lot of people said, Oh, well, why don't you write music for video games? Why don't you, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, when,
2: when I start looking into those things, what I find is that there are guys who have been doing specifically that competitively for 20 plus years who just, you know, kick my butt.
1: And I have, I have, I have fr- several friends who do that. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> and so rather quickly, I learned that, market. you know, yeah. that, that this probably is not going to be fruitful for me. And that if, you know, on the one hand, I don't like to see music as competitive because I mean, I mean, really there's most people don't buy music anyway. It's not like we're competing for a set number of dollars in the marketplace. Yeah. But I mean, when, when you look at, uh, you know, uses for music, uh, whether it's for film or getting syncs and that, that is a, is a competitive marketplace. And, um, to that extent i think i'm probably best off trying to build on my strengths so that i have a very targeted you know uh, yeah. approach sure. that yeah, i can be no, the that best makes perfect at it. sense yeah cool but you never know i mean if if i can think of it as a a hobby you know then that might yeah. be fun to try
1: and that's good yeah. and and from from a film score for, as an actor and 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 from that experience uh, in la and things like that it's good to start – I mean, you want to start small with short films and things like that and work with students and work with very low-budget indie productions, things like that, where they can give you that opportunity to try it out and just see what happens. Um, even if you've got – you never know among your 2 million followers who out there is a filmmaker at some point that's like, I'd love to build a video around this yeah, or that kind of thing. You know, Even if they just make a music video of something of your – you know, inspired by your song – yeah. that idea of finding those venues to either reach additional additional listeners or to expand something you know to try something new yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah I mean you never know so, so yeah
2: all my videos I, so i'm I've never really focused much on video but to the degree that I have all my videos are uh fan videos yeah so and I've got I mean a really amazing animated video for a song called what you said that um, that, a you know, a fan slash friend did. And, uh, another one that another kind of mastering client friend did, we bartered a little bit. And so, yeah, I mean, there, I, I feel like you're right. I could go on Twitter and say, you know, if I put a little money behind it, at least I say, Hey, I have $400 to put this together. You know, anybody have want to pitch me an idea?
1: Well, and not even, and not even that, I mean, even, even just in terms of, I mean, that, that becomes like a networking thing. If you can do it so it grows organically to say, Hey, we should collaborate on something. Right. You know, when guy guys got like, well, look, I've got this idea for this film that's set around this particular thing. And I think musically, like your tastes match with mine. And I think we can fit that, you know, work that stuff into the film. Right. Would you be interested in writing stuff for, you know, writing the music for the film? You know, that, that ideally that's kind of, that's what I would see because as an actor, that's what we want is we want people to go, you know, look, I've got this project. I wrote this. I wrote this role with you in mind. Are you willing? Are you available and willing to do it? And it's like, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, especially if they're a friend, it's like, well, yeah, you know, why not? And um, just to have fun with it and stuff. You still, it's like you are still going to pay me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit. You don't have to pay me a lot. I'll, I'll take scale, but we can work on that.
3: Yeah, know? for sure.
1: But um, yeah, no, that's cool though. I like I like the fact, first of all, that you've been doing it for so long. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's kind of. With with the up and coming, do you find that there is, and we'll kind of start wrapping us up a little bit. Do you find that there is within the the EDM community, maybe. Do you find that there's any kind of reflection of age, things like that? Obviously, because um, you've been at this for as long as you have, that kind of thing. You've got newer generations coming up and stuff, and we, all, you know, we always get that sort of like your dad's music is barf, you know, <laughs> like nobody ever talks about. You know, you know who listens to Dizzy Gillespie anymore? As opposed right. to, you know, now like the Beatles. Uh, you know, so thirty years ago, whatever. You know, so even though it was way longer than that, right? But that idea that you know the next generation is going to grow up liking what they like, like the fact that kids today now we look at Bieber, and it's like. Mm, but it, you know, when we were that age, we were listening to you know, uh, new kids on the block. Yeah and, and menudo and you know, the the rise of the boy band you were <laughs> well yeah, you were <laughs> to be fair i well i lived in the house of of my with my sister right. so you know right. I, I, your choice? my older sister so i didn't get a lot of choice Yep. but that idea of we have you know every generation has those musical tastes that kind of rise up um and the way you were talking about EDM kind of becoming more mainstream now is kind of like the way grunge sort of exploded on the scene in the 90s you know it's and it's it's always been it was always kind of this out there it was the sideline thing and then nirvana kind of made it hip and so all of a sudden everything was out there that was it was all grunge and even in the shows and like it impacted everything in our media and so edm kind of going that way as well a little bit um are you starting to see a shift in a way maybe i don't know how much you watch those trends and things like that do you, are you starting to see a shift that might be leading to whatever is coming next beyond edm beyond kind of the big edm umbrella do you think it's going to fracture more and kind of kind of balkanize as it were like you've got these little as you've talked about all these little subgenres in edm right, right is it going to is it going to do that or is there going to be another kind of big genre that's sort of going to crop up you think
2: uh, oh yeah there'll be well okay so you know, EDM kind of dubstep was the big thing for a while Mm -hmm. and then trap. And, you know, there were sub genres of that bro step, you know, and I, I am not, like I said, I'm not the master of all those different sub genres, but I think it, it always continues to evolve. And I am definitely not at the forefront of that conversation. I think that in the, in the, you know, serious EDM community, my music wouldn't, be taken very seriously because it's not I think I think of myself as bringing those kind of newer elements of dance music to my fans that like I said tend to be around our age that otherwise are not really exposed to it. okay you know how you know how people kind of get out of college and then they're by the time they're 30 they kind of dress the same the rest of their life and listen to the same music they listen to. No, I
1: have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I've been wearing the same shirt for 35 years. I don't know what. And you
0: And he mean. has every Minuto album, right? Still <laughs> listening, including the 12 inch
1: dance mixes. Again, that was my sister. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and so I, I feel that. like I can bring a little bit of that to them. So that that's kind of more my my you know interest rather than being on the cutting edge of that. Is that so? I'm bringing some of the EDM to synth pop rather than you know trying to evolve, push at the boundaries of the genre. Um, at the same time, I don't want to to follow it too strictly and to try to be on that cutting edge or or to try to predict where it's going to go so that I can be timely because uh, I just don't work quickly enough. And I want to create a catalog that I can look back on that has some um, consistency to it, that, that I can look on it as a whole and not look back and say, oh, well, that's where I followed that trend, like dubstep, for example, has that wobble bass, you know, the wah, 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 mm-hmm. wah, 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 wah. I don't have songs like that because it's so distinctive and so tied to one very particular, you know, okay. time that, that I, so, so I'm just kind of scratched the surface of that. It brings up another interesting point though. Uh, I, I say like right on my Twitter page that, uh, it's 80s synth pop plus EDM plus classical piano for fans of Depeche Mode to try to make that connection right there because that seems to be the common denominator. Yeah. Uh, and I don't – if I, even if I try to, I don't tend to appeal to a much younger audience. There mm. there are exceptions. For some reason, schoolgirls in the Philippines seem to like my music. I, I don't understand it, but yeah. there are – Several hey, on Facebook. Fan. We have a fan base in Pakistan. There you go. Well, is that according to Facebook? Because I don't trust their.
1: No, apparently that's according to iTunes
2: Pakistan. <laughs> we're
1: <on> the, <laughs> apparently we're on the charts in Pakistan and Brazil, but that's it. So that's we- for comedy. Go figure. Yeah. Start. It's a start.
2: That's- but <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so my thought is that at some point I need to move past that. I don't think the answer, though, is try is ditching my fans and trying to appeal to a younger artist or younger younger listener especially by changing my music to fit that at the same time the way you you can tell the age of other musicians when they say they're influenced by the beatles or they're influenced by pink floyd i mean you you know okay these guys are or the eagles or whatever that okay these guys are about 10 years older than me you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's yeah. – so people see I'm influenced by Depeche Mode and th- that tells them a little bit about, about me and my age. And so I think at some point, um, as strong as that connection is to my music historically, I'm, I need to uh, kind of move past that. Um, Have you ever played around with fusing two genres together? Well, that's the synth pop and the I mean? EDM, I, w- yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean like taking like I don't know rock and fuse it with dubstep. I don't know. I, you know. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it's exciting that we, you know, we haven't really seen a new genre of music in a, in a while. And it's always really interesting to like see what new things are coming out, you know, what
1: new I, new, what I don't new know. I would I would argue at least in terms of a while depends on how long is a while. I would say definitely yeah to me at least, I know from my perception of it, EDM is certainly kind of like the big new, is it? it it's sort of evolved. It's kind of blossomed it because, because it's become into the mainstream mm. in the last definitely like five to 10 years. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the new genre, the way, yeah. um, the way maybe grunge was before that in the nineties or like hip hop was, it kind of had a resurgence in the, in mm. the, in the two thousands in there. Uh, As well, I mean, it was big in the '80s too. But then there was like a newer school version of hip hop that kind of R and B like hip hop fusion that kind of came up in the 2000s. Mm Right.
3: Um.
1: So now you're moving into more of this EDM, and some of that is fusing. There's, you know, I think there's some certain genres that seem to be fusing as well. But you're always going to get that kind of interplay. Um. I think. Um. Even back in the you know when you get stuff like like Elvis who was taking a lot of the a lot of I think a lot of bits of various things and turning it into what we know is rock and roll.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, the very Elvis style of rock and roll in a way. And I think that, but there's a lot of different stuff from that where the old like Negro spirituals and taking, um, that and, uh, some elements of jazz and, and different things that kind of, they all kind of, kind of grew together into this thing brought together by his performance. Um, so I think there's always some of that as well, but I think, I and that's that's that was the brunt of my question. I think is like, do you think that they're we're on the cusp of something beyond that, or you think EDM still has room to grow before it gets eclipsed by something else? Because it will inevitably happen again. It's a generational thing. I
2: think, yeah, but. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it depends on on how closely you align yourself with that cutting edge. I mean, if you read Pitchfork or something, you know, you've you're, you're going to find out there's some genres you'd never heard of that, you know, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a new name for basically what sounds like synth pop to me. Um, and, and so even, even, yeah, the style of music I make over the, there was a time where we called it electronica. yes That's Mm -hmm. yeah. There was the U2 album.
1: I remember that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, I think a lot of the, the labels tended to, um, yeah, tend to be referring to the same thing, but even in, even in synthpop, there was electro clash. There, there are a whole lot of different kind of labels that come and go. Um, they're not revolutionary enough to have their own, say radio format consisting only of that style. Whereas, you know, EDM certainly, um, yeah. Progressive house, maybe not trap, maybe maybe not a whole you know, broad enough uh, to to be you know on that level. But um, if they
1: get if they get their own station on Sirius XM, you know they've kind of
2: made well. I bet it on there is own, a trap think, a, a trap bit. station, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you know trap. That's kind of where those the hi hats are really frenetic and you know super fast and slow down and cut in and out and 808 kick drum. I don't know. It has a very distinct kind of sound to it that you hear a lot of um, pop artists. Uh, Katy Perry, dark horse was is goes back. I don't know. Is that a couple years old now? I don't I think so. I'm sure. Yeah. You keep up on your Katy Perry, but uh, that, that has a trap, basically a trap break in it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think these, you know, it's constantly evolving and what's kind of cool too, as a music producer you just go to YouTube and look it up and there's a bunch of guys saying, Oh, here's how you do this. Here's how they did this in this song. And yeah, sometimes it's laughably incorrect, <laughs> but it's always fun. It, it can always inspire you because if if you're stuck, you can just look at some tutorial and, um, you know, do the first four or five steps and then that'll give you 10 ideas to, to go, you know, another direction with um, mm. and further the conversation. So um, yeah, it's just a, kind of an exciting time to, to do music. Uh, and there, there are si- sites like uh, Splice is one that uh, pretty much caters to the electronic dance music community where you can just uh, – it automatically backs up your projects and syncs them. You can make it public so anybody can see your entire song, all the tracks. Uh, they can add to it, change stuff, collaborate, remix it, do whatever they want with it. Wow.
1: I remember coming across that briefly. I checked it out briefly based on your Twitter feed when you first oh, mentioned okay. it on there. I was like, going? oh, what is this? I want to check it out. You know, yeah. Um, it's not. It's not anything. And that's the thing. Like, I was looking at it just out of curiosity standpoint for me as 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 a voice artist and and a podcaster, kind of like, well, let's see, could we turn this into well, you know maybe not right now, but it's something to keep in mind. You never know what you can find. Yeah. Uh, in places might be a good resource in the future sort of thing. You never know. Um, so, and if anything else for good or for ill, we always know we can learn anything from YouTube, but <laughs> totally, totally. yeah, um well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. We've kind of kept you kept you here for a little while. I know we started late, so don't no sure yeah you, yeah thank you've you. got you've got your fatherly duties to attend to as well yep. I'm sure you know? yeah now do you work now you just work in your house or do you have an apartment Because I know you have a room dedicated to your work yes there
2: that and that is why so in house shopping, we had very limited options so I have mm-hmm. a a three hundred eighty square foot room here okay, that nice. Took about forty grand to uh, sure. to get into to shape. I mean, windows needed to be, you know, moved isn't technically what happened, but they needed to be adjusted to put all the acoustic panels in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, garage door, Damn. solid core doors, all that good stuff. So yeah, so I work out of the house, and um, I mean, at this point, the room is definitely more than paid for itself. But it's um, yeah, it's a it's a professional facility, and it's it's really tuned for mastering so this is the place where you can come and you can you can hear music here more accurately than probably in most recording studios
1: right on so yeah, very nice because that's what yeah, it's
2: for it's very cool
1: right on well very nice. um, do you have anything you want to plug we've kind of come to the end of our hour i don't want to keep you up too yeah. i don't want to keep me up too late either yeah. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah where um, can we buy your music where can we follow you
2: thank yeah, you the, yeah can, uh, well yeah, you can hear absolutely everything uh, at music.colortheory.com. Uh, that's my Bandcamp site, and um, and of course colortheory.com is where you got all the news. I'm at Twitter, which is my main social network, as we talked about. Twitter/slash color theory, and yeah, and the, the other ones are kind of obvious too. Everything is a uh, slash color theory. SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook. Vine, okay. Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Now, where did that, and let me, I'm just curious, where did that name come from, You?
2: Well, I don't know if you remember this or if you even knew. Depeche Mode had a, a movie that was kind of a live thing that followed them on tour. It was called 101, it was in the theaters. And uh, oh, at the I so, vaguely yes, I vaguely remember hearing about that. that. He yes. had to be a real fan. To, yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, in like yeah. really my it,
0: it just went right over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A,
2: at this concurrently, yeah. I had a, a good friend of mine. She was in uh, fashion school, and she had a class, color theory one hundred and one. Uh, and so between the color theory and the one hundred and one, and the kind of Depeche Mode vibe at the time, and that just the name sounded really cool to me. All um, right, and cool. so I took it yeah. from there. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. awesome. That's very that's that's awesome. We'll I put all no those problem. links that's in a, the show notes too. Yes, we will. Indeed. Yes, we will. So Brian Hazard, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. It was a thrill to talk to you. My pleasure. Absolutely. And very enlightening too. So that was kind of a lot of uh education that came out of that. Some mm-hmm. stuff that I forgot mm-hmm. from my own music education. So, <laughs> you know. so that was uh no, that was really cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with us and Thank you for joining yeah. us.
2: Yeah, anytime. Definitely. Thank you.
1: Awesome. And we're back. That was a what a good good interview. Nice like guy. I really like talking with yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah about music like nerding out about music in a way yeah. and i think it was interesting i really hope he does kind of branch out a little bit for himself and i could have kept going explore some other yeah i know it was it was nice but you know we got we i know <laughs> we got to keep these things under time <laughs> I know. hopefully I know. um but no i liked the discussion of the music and for this episode the intro and the outro music of the interview portion that you heard audience is actually some of his work.
3: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So we wanted to, wanted to share some of that with you. And we've got links for everything for him in the show, in the show notes, as we mentioned in the interview. Right. Yeah, no, it was really good. So we should probably talk about some interesting things. Yes. You want to go first? I can go first. doesn't matter.
3: It's the most interesting thing of the week.
1: Call it. I will go first this time. Okay. Cause you usually go first. Okay. So I, I will, I will go first this time. Uh, my interesting thing this week is orange juice. Yes. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Um, You're kind of high on it right now. As I mentioned at the beginning in the first part of the – earlier in the episode, uh, I've been a little sick today. I actually drank orange juice for the very first time. Wait, 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 wait. Ever. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. First time having orange juice? Yes. Yeah. You're an interesting man.
1: I am. I am a grown ass man, and I will try this orange juice. I didn't know that. We and we talked and, before,
0: and I will admit
1: recording. it. I kind. I kind of liked it. But it. It wasn't bad, okay. you know. It was well. Good for you. Like I said. I like. I said. I tend to be sensitive towards, like intense flavors. Okay. Are you? Uh, are things. you one of those so, uh,
0: hyper uh, tasters? What do they call them?
1: I don't think so. Okay. I think I just I just have a really bland, crappy diet, oh, okay, see. and so when I eat stuff that actually is made with organic and like natural flavors, and they, it just comes off as really intense the wow. first time. Well, well, that's and as I get like, used to it, it's like because when I had I didn't have I don't think I had tomatoes on a sandwich until I was in my twenties <sighs> because I wasn't a big fan. Like I love ketchup, but uh, to, to <coughs> actually eating tomatoes, like I would pick tomatoes off my sandwiches. Yeah.
0: Well, as George Carlin used to say, they look like they're still in the larva stage. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> or like the little seeds in there, it yeah. looked a little creepy when you slice Ew, them. Like, what is that? But um, and then I added, but I did that at Subway. I was like, okay, so I'll I'll try tomatoes on my sandwich because at the time I was still eating meat. What kind of sandwiches were you? Um, Do
0: you putting any vegetables on your sandwiches?
1: Lettuce that was or oven roasted or chicken? I, lettuce. I was always just putting oh, lettuce or something. Um, because that's usually like when we had salads when I was a kid, it was basically I would just get like a bowl of lettuce oh. <laughs> because I just didn't like anything else. Like carrots, I do eat carrots. I don't, they don't really agree with me. Mm. Um, so I tend not to eat them too, uh, mainly, mainly just, I, I don't really digest them. Okay. Who does? No, but, well, I mean, and they talk about, oh, you just need to chew more. I'm like, I have chewed those things and nothing. And I still, it still doesn't go. Okay. Does it still doesn't digest? You know when things come out orange it with orange chunks in it. It's like yeah, it's not really working. Yeah. See TMI. That's okay. All right. So orange juice though, but it was a really interesting. And I drank, like I I mentioned I drank a lot of Tang as a kid. Uh, I think I mentioned it before we started recording. That's probably yeah. off mic. But I drank a lot of Tang as a kid. A lot of orange flavored things sure. to some degree or another. But I just never drank orange juice. So I actually bought this bottle of orange juice. I drank like like several weeks ago. I see. With the intention of drinking it. And then I was like, today, as I was getting sicker, I'm like, all right, I am determined to drink this orange juice. Mm. And I almost thought about recording it on video. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, just because people wouldn't just, believe it? Just, just, so that, just so that they would believe it. Proof. Um, that I did it. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what? I'm sure people will just take me at my word that I drank it. Yeah. Uh, did um, you get the pulp or no pulp? No pulp. Yeah, pulp. I didn't want to. make me gag. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Uh, I'm I may I may try it at some point. I may work my way up that way eventually, just to try it out. It's not worth but it, Not worth it. No. Okay. Mm. Well, even still, with the no pulp, it still felt a little Ick. like there was still a little stuff a little, in it. Yeah, a little orangey. But that's okay. Mm. Well, no, but that's no different than like when I drink like naked, like if we do the Green Machine, like the juices yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. they've got that stuff, yeah. like little bits in there too. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't bother. Me. Like at first, it caught me by I'm Like. Well, yeah, that's no different, yeah. I guess, and so I just ended up drinking it. You know, it's really good uh, um, organic cold pressed apple juice, not the cider, but like apple juice. You've you've mentioned that. It's yes. delicious. I, yeah, I love it. Well, someday when I can afford to do that, as <laughs> okay. I could afford to buy it somewhere. I don't know. I probably have to go to like Whole Paycheck and right. get Whole it. Whole
0: healthy foods aren't cheap, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I know, and I don't know why that is. It's well, I do know why that is, unfortunately, but yeah. um. We'll see. Well, for Maybe someday you. that More will juice. someday that will change. Yeah, no, it was a step forward. So I will. I will. Well, what are you normally drinking? Now, you, what do you drink? About? Water? water. I see the water. Lots and lots of water. Good for you. I drink. I drink. I drink about a gallon and a half of water a day. Amazing. You ever, you uh, ever put a lemon in there? It,
0: you really squirt any lemon in there? That's good for you.
1: No, I I never liked a lemon. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of bitter. Yeah, you hardly taste it though when i but like when i have it at, like if i have it at a restaurant or something yeah. i know yeah. like i always yeah. know and it's just like uh, yeah. uh, like i'll drink it but then i'm eating food to mask the taste right. cuz i'm just like oh my yeah, god I, I can't
0: but you know what a good um, squeeze of lemon in a glass of water especially in the morning uh not only does it it it's it's weird it's very acidic but when you drink it it turns to alkaline there's that, and mm. then it also gently digests uh, if you have kidney stones. You won't even know it, but it'll, it'll help le- digest, what am I saying? Dissolve. It'll gently dissolve kidney stones. Mm. Yeah, because you don't feel them when you're making them. You feel them when they break free and go skipping down.
1: Yeah. thin yeah, little tube, you know? That's true. Yeah, I know. I had one. Well, and somebody mentioned, um, I think there was, yeah, Trevor, my friend Trevor Algot who is a voice actor and a coach. He's one of the co-hosts of inside acting podcast. Um, but he wrote a thing that was sent out in a newsletter, um, talking about like a good tea for your throat kind of thing in the morning, like something to drink in the morning. But there was lemon in that mixed with, I think honey or I'm not sure. I have to go back and read it again. Um, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'd mm-hmm. probably do it without the lemon, but no. Now that you describe that, I'm like, well, it's not maybe. bad.
0: If you get the right lemon, like uh, Myers yeah. Myers lemons, I think Meyers lemons. They're 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 sweeter. They're not as sour. Okay. Yeah, they're not as sour. They're more sweet than sour. We have a we have a Myers lemon tree here.
1: And- what's well, this is, this reminds me of when my my brother in law keeps trying to get me to try sriracha sauce. I'm like, no. It's I can barely. Too much digest i can barely digest chili right? Right. and it's fine all she puts in there is chili powder like it's not a ton of it indigestion when i get the the peppers and stuff like i can feel it on my on my lips uh, like no. it gets tingly and just ah uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know so ghost peppers are not in your future i can see that uh no ever no no, no I, would, I, don't, I, I, don't I don't even so. i don't care for that at all well i'm not a huge fan of spicy food and you know little, because it doesn't really agree with my digestion right. that well a little bit and, spice for me okay Curcumens um, <laughs> like uh, turmeric, good for you. Really good for you. TMI moment incoming. I'm gassy enough. So oh, I, see. I don't need all that. I don't need all that crap. Uh, yeah. So, yes, orange <laughs> juice. I, I highly recommend getting into it if you're not already. Good for you. Like I am now. Yeah. So, I'm going to be a little bit more. Yeah. However, if you're diabetic, you die, make more of an careful. effort to. Ing-
0: yeah, diabetics be careful because that's that's a big sugar rush. Well, it's
1: a lot of sugar. Yeah, it's that's, like. Um, sugar, so I hope not. As far as I know, as far as I know, I'm not diabetic, and no. so we'll see. You'd, you'd know it <laughs> if I slip into a coma tonight. Well, no, I, maybe there may be a problem. He looks better but, though. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So OJ, get it, get it. Not the people versus OJ. No. Just OJ. Although that's a series now on I don't remember where that is. Oh People versus O. J. Simpson, the American Crime Story. Like it just started airing. Yeah. Uh um, I have not watched it. With that. like John Travolta and Courtney B. Vance and Cuba Gooding Jr. as O J. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, interesting. Well, it's been they've all been kind of making the rounds on the on the talk shows. Yeah. Like on Colbert, they've been cycling through. So right. I keep seeing clips, and I'm tempted, but it's like, oh man, I, OJ, I lived through I lived through that once. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't want to revisit it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, so yeah, it was an excuse to to put the Kardashians in one episode. So okay, apparently, well, because their dad, Robert Kardashian, was on the defense team. Oh right, because he was a good friend of OJ's. Oh uh, yeah. So Shapiro and Cochran put him on the defense team. So and I, he is played by David Schwimmer. Hmm. Oddly enough. So like, okay. Pervet. Did you ever see that episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. They're going up the stairs with the couch.
3: Pervet. Pervet.
1: Do you have Unagi? <laughs> <laughs> unagi. Uh, yeah. Good show. Say we are Unagi. It's not something you are. It's something you have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Oh man. Oh Ross. I miss that show. Oh. Um, well, and he's done good as an actor and a director, yeah. too. Like, he directed, what's that movie with Simon Pegg, Run, Fat Boy, Run. Oh, okay. When he's was living in London. That's actually really funny. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. But still, my choice of interesting thing of the week, Orange juice. Orange juice, good for you. So, Brian, what is your, what is the most interesting thing you have seen this week? Well, it just came across today, oddly enough.
0: And it is good a timing. website. Yes. And I, oh. I, I will give a warning here. Here's my warning.
3: This website is a time suck.
0: Because it'll waste a lot of time for you. because it's help- And it
1: definitely does suck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the speaker says what?
1: Um.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay, no. Uh, so this interesting thing is a website. It is okay. trumpdonald.org.
1: Oh, my God. Are you a Trump supporter all this time? I'm no, mocking here, him. I feel this, bad This now. is
0: hilarious. Okay. So basically what it is, it's Donald Trump and there's a trumpet and you push the trumpet and you move it around and his hair changes direction. His eyes are watching the trumpet and every once in a while you hit him with some confetti.
3: <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's hilarious. Interesting. I don't know. I, I doesn't strike me as much of it. That I I don't know how long the novelty would last on that, but I mean, it's a good laugh, the, and then you'll
0: show your different friends.
1: Different strokes for different. I mean, different strokes for different folks. It, I
0: the mean, okay. your entertainment lasts about a minute or so. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and then you're like, okay, that's all it does. But it's hilarious, and then you'll tell your friends and you share it on Facebook,
1: and they'll all be like, thank you. Well, yeah. What they've got like, let me see. Eight, it was something, the last so did, time I checked, like it was 14, like yeah, fourteen. Yeah, 14 million. When, I, when I'm looking at it now, it's like fourteen billion. <laughs> Toots on the, toots on the toots. trumpet, apparently. Yep. Uh, so wow, that's that's crazy. <laughs> I just
0: thought it was hilarious, interesting. The most no, interesting, hilarious that, thing today.
1: That is that is definitely that. I, I will say that is definitely interesting, and I love the fact that they got that domain name, <laughs> Trump Donald. It shows Donald. how much how much people, especially the candidates, don't think about those things. Because yeah. there were a few like that. Um, where cyber squatters got in before the campaigns really started yeah, and grabbed yeah, like, yep. I think one guy actually got Ted dot com oh, or goodness. something, you know, like some really like prime real estate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they just, yeah, it's, sometimes it's hard to think about that stuff in advance and be like, oh, I missed this and I missed that. Yeah, and darn it. I'm like, dude, you got to you're a billionaire. Just buy a whole bunch of domain names. Right. Just every possible combination you can think of. Spend right. some money. Right. Uh yeah so good so orange juice and trumpdonald.org dot org those are our interesting things of the week yep okay they they, they can't all be a plus a list picks folks no. yeah <laughs> so that's hilarious a, they're yeah hilarious they're they're personally interesting to us so hopefully yeah. it will be interesting to others yeah. so yeah okay well then I think it sounds like a good place for us to wrap up for the week yeah. For this week's episode so thank you for joining you can yeah thank you please thank you please and thank you please and thank you please and thank you for listening to the show thing that we are doing i like your use of pleasantries um, that's nice yes yes a very polite hello very polite thank co-host. you yes welcome um, please
0: thank you sit down
1: <laughs> magneto <laughs> uh, so um okay so you can catch the podcast on our website, bryantrustpodcast.com, you can get it through iTunes. Mm-hmm. Presumably you've done one of those things if you're listening to us now. Thank you. Um, if you did get it through iTunes, please feel free to rate and review us. Yeah. Um, be generous, but be fair. Mm-hmm. Be nice. You know, be kind. i want to say, it. yes. If you're going to leave a review, be kind. Yes. Uh, Rating-wise, obviously, do what you're going to do. Like I said, but you know, generosity goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> you
3: know.
1: Um, I can say we could push for a five. Let us know what we need to do to get five yeah, stars, but you know what? You're gonna you're gonna do what you're gonna yeah. do. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, and we're only on we episode zero zero five, man. That is true. That is we're very five true. Five
0: episodes into our,
1: you know, long yeah, tenure That is true. Um, you can you can find us on Facebook mm-hmm. at Facebook.com slash the Brian Trust. We are also on Twitter, mm-hmm. I believe at the Brian Trust. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing a pattern here. Green. Yes, I like that. Green. Um, yeah, but you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. We will engage with we, we love chatting with people. Yeah. Um, so by all means, get in touch with us. You can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Actor Geek. Mm-hmm. And I am at B Awesome. Yeah. Uh Stelky Smooth. Thank you. <laughs> That's what you need, man. Your domain name. Go get it. <laughs> um But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, and we will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode with a guest. Uh, We are admittedly doing another Star Wars themed episode. Have to. I will spoil it now because there was so much to talk about with the Force Awakens. Oh my god! And our next we have so much more that we want to talk about. So it will be. Next guest will have a lot to add. Believe me. Yes, I think so. And we. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you all so much, and have a great. Week. Yay. No, see you in a fortnight.
2: Mm -hmm. Shame you said what you said. She said.